And so what's going to happen with this series or what is happening with this series is that we have seven different concert programs. Each one comes from a different country, a different culture, a different time period. And each one has a dish associated with it that Rob will teach you how to make. You can make the food, then enjoy it as a concert in your home. In this episode, I'm talking to conductor Robert Franz about the series of concerts, the music, the story, the food. Robert. Hey, Pedro, how are you? I'm fine in you. I'm doing really well. Good to see you. Lovely to see you too. Um, the last time we spoke was in summer. Yeah. Last year. And you, you had this wonderful educational pro, uh, project that you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since then, hasn't it? It's been a, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on since last time we spoke. Yeah. Now I've been watching your uh, the Windsor, Windsor. It's the Windsor Orchestra. Yeah, our Windsor have. Symphony Orchestra. Mm. Yeah. Now I've been following you, and I subscribe to your newsletter as well. So I I kind of know what's going on there. Oh, fantastic! You're in the know. <laughs> I'm in the know. Yeah. That's good. But the um, last time we spoke, you told me about this wonderful project that you are doing now. I'm very excited to hear about this. So it's, it's, it's I'll tell you how it sort of uh, began. This yeah. actually began in the middle of COVID last season. We started to think about, we wanted to create a digital concert series, but we wanted to create an, an experience for people to have at home other than just sitting around the TV and watching a concert. And so... One of the things that dawned on us was that one of the aspects that brings families and people together is food, not just music, but food. And that each of these concerts took place in a certain time and location and a certain sort of um, culture. And wouldn't it be fun if people could eat the food that came from the time and the culture that the music came from to kind of give another dimension of the music? Oh. So, we have in town here in Windsor, Ontario, where I'm located right now, um, we have an historian. Uh, he's a history professor at the University of Windsor. His name is Dr. Rob Nelson. He also happens to be an amazing chef, and he has a particular connection to historical dishes and food. It's like his specialty. He does this. He goes and speaks on this in, in all, all over the world, actually. So we called him up. And we partnered with him. And so what's going to happen with this series or what is happening with this series is that we have seven different concert programs. Each one comes from a different country, a different culture, a different time period. And each one has a dish associated with it that Rob will teach you how to make. You can make the food, then enjoy it as a concert in your home. And there are seven of these. I've curated them in order, but you can watch them in any order you wish. If, if for instance, you decide tonight is my night for chicken frico, then watch that one first. I mean, each, oh, yeah. each one has a different kind of food associated with it, or in some cases, a drink associated with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you thought of everything. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. You know, here in um, Ontario, we're um, we're currently in another quasi lockdown as the pandemic sort of rears its head again. And so people people are, I think, ready to leave their homes, 
but realize that they can't quite do that in the way that they wish yet. And so again, what we hoped to do with this series is create um, an experience that people could share together with their family at home. So you and I last spoke in August. Since yeah. August, we recorded. So we started performing live uh, this fall, which was amazing with live audience. But before we met with the live audience and rehearsed that particular program, we would record some of the music for this digital series. So we did double duty September through December. And so wow. by the end of December, we not only had performed six programs for live audience, but we had recorded seven separate programs for this digital series that, that premieres on January 14th. That's amazing. And, and you know, um, there's so many things that I want to ask you about this, but sure. so, so just explain to me. So for example, the, uh, give me an example of, of one of the programs for it. Yeah. Sure. So we are um, performing the, or we performed the opera La Serva Padrona. Now this is a short cha chamber opera, an opera buffa, comic opera written by Pergolesi, Giovanni Battista Pergolesi in 1733 in Naples, Italy. This was kind of a, a big deal on a couple of levels. First of all, in 1732, there was an enormous earthquake in Naples. And so the theater couldn't be used. People were in disarray. By the time the end of 1733 came around, the theater was back in use. And so they commissioned Pergolesi to write this enormous dramatic opera in three big acts. In between, there were two intermissions. And they didn't want to let people just go willy-nilly anywhere. And so he wrote a comic opera in two parts that was meant just for the intermission. And that's what we performed. It's called La Serra Padrona. Now, it turns out that this opera, which is sort of slapstick and fun and uses all of the devices that you would expect in comic opera, was the first such comic opera. And it was the forefather of Marriage of Figaro and Barbara Seville and operas like that. So it made me think, well, what was prevalent? What would they eat in 1733? And what they would make are these what they called pizza rustica or pizza chamber. And it was a pizza that was this thick. You'd put it on the fire for three or four hours and it was layers of cheese and meat and pastry dough. Now, there was no red sauce. Red sauce didn't come into play in Italy until the late 19th century. So this was 150 wow. years before red sauce, right? Because mm. tomatoes and red sauce actually come from North America. And that was an influence of North America on Italy. And so this is a, a pizza pie that is hearty and dense and, and really warm and perfect for the winter time. And so Rob Nelson teaches our audience how to make one of these pizza roasts. Oh, By the way, wow. when, you, when you subscribe to the series, you also get a little mini um, recipe book. So you'll have all seven of these recipes that you Wonderful. can use at any time, right? Like you can yeah. make them again if you like them, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's one example. Another sort of fun example is that we're doing a concert. One of the programs features music of Mozart, Miss Livicek, Czech composer, and Joseph Bologna. Now Joseph Bologna was a black 18th century composer who um, had the title Chevalier de Saint-Georges. He was a famous fencer. In fact, he was probably the best fencing artist fencer in all of Europe in the 18th century. But he was also a violinist and a conductor and a composer. And he wrote a couple of symphonies, which we performed. But 
he caught the eye of Marie Antoinette, which apparently was not so hard to do. And so Marie Antoinette took a real liking to Joseph Bologna. And so she would invite him over to uh, make music, to teach, to whatever. You know, they had this relationship. Well, one of the things that interested me and Rob about this sort of relationship is that likely they would have uh, enjoyed some hot chocolate. Now, I actually had hot chocolate last night after dinner. And nowadays, you just get a can, you put it in, and away you go. But in the mid-18th century, chocolate was so expensive. And what was really expensive was sugar. So people drank, Marie Antoinette drank her hot chocolate with no sugar. It was just hearty, like, it was almost like coffee. Mm. And to sort of cut it a little bit, she'd add a little vodka to it. So, oh. so Rob has this hot chocolate, 18th century hot chocolate recipe that you mm. can enjoy while watching um, these concerts. Like Marie Antoinette likely would have been enjoying while she was uh, watching this, these pieces being performed. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, and this is so interesting because it's so informative, you know, and it's, it's yeah. really something that we don't think about or that we don't think of going to read about unless you really are interested in, but now you bring these, all these things, these elements together. Well, you know, Petra, one thing that was, sorry, but one thing that was so important to me was to build context. And this has always been important to me. Like when you hear a piece of music, it's important to know what culture does it come from? What was the composer thinking? What were the influences? And so really what we're doing is building concentric rings around the piece of music so that you get more context of what the world was like when these pieces were, were performed, first performed. Yeah. But now that you're saying that, this is exactly what I found, and this is exactly why I keep talking to artists, because um, there are so many things I haven't, I didn't know, and, and it's because I'm not a musician, and it's, it, it, you have the knowledge, not just about the music, but of course you have the knowledge about the history of the music or the, the background of the music and the composer, and the moment musicians start talking about that, they open your eyes to, or they open your ears to listen to it differently, to see the music differently, to see, think of the composer differently. Yeah. And I think going to a concert and having a background of, of that, or, or even at a concert, you know, I, I mean, I, I wonder how many people really go and study something before they go to a concert, I, right. you know, but at the concert, just to hear something, you know, like just, one little phrase can make you think or, or, or experience the music differently. Yes, okay. I agree. It's all about context, right? Like it's all about putting it in context. And, and I'll be honest with you, being a musician, it's not that I know these things. It's that they become curiosities to me and then I go find out about these things. And that's what I love so much about my job and about my career and about my life is that it never would have dawned on me had I not performed Joseph Bologna's symphonies, what Marie Antoinette drank. Like it just never, Yeah. I mean, who thinks about that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we have, and, so the, yeah. there are seven of those pairings. That's amazing. And um, another thing is uh, uh, I spoke to a, a chef uh, in, in last year, the end of last year, because what I discovered also in this time and by talking to artists who were in lockdown, um, 
that a lot of people started cooking. You know, if I if I asked, um, so what did you do uh, apart from practicing or playing? And then, oh, I started cooking or I started baking or so on. And I realized that that that's actually what we don't that what we don't think about. It's also a form of art. You know, it's also baking is creating and uh, cooking and and you know it's all creative uh, things that we do without thinking that. It is actually art. So now that you talk about, you know, you you work now with another artist in another field, and that is uh, um, in cooking, you know? Yeah, culinary arts, absolutely. Culinary arts, yeah. Mm. Yes, no question. And that that sort of creativity is really, is very interesting. And Rob, as you'll see when you watch these videos, Rob is very, um, He's a very creative spirit and he's very interested in kind of how these things sort of inspire each other. For instance, we're doing a concert that features a music by Samuel Collars Taylor, whose mom was English. He grew up in England, but his dad was from Sierra Leone. So Rob came up with a found a recipe that was Sierra Leone inspired, which is an okra seafood stew, which wow. just... I mean, I am not a big okra fan, I will be honest, but when I watched him make this, I thought I could not only eat that, that looks delicious. But what's interesting about that is personally, having grown up in the Southern United States, um, I was familiar with this sort of food based on New Orleans and the deep South and the sort of African influences that came that came to the United States through slavery. And we ended up with that that sort of aspect of food and so it's kind of this sort of connection you know over the ocean and around the world that were brought together um, by food it's really it's really quite extraordinary we're also doing a piece that is inspired by uh the piece of music is inspired by a, a, a poet named charles gd roberts who is a from new brunswick from the province of new brunswick and so the piece was commissioned by the New Brunswick Symphony originally, and, and the composer, Christine Donkin, um, Canadian composer, was asked to um, use poetry to inspire the music, which was easy for her to do. It was something she's very interested in. So she used these four poems by Charles G.D. Roberts, each one very evocative, and she created this piece of music. So Rob uh, uh, shared with us a recipe for a New Brunswick stew type of food, it's called chicken frico, and it's really sort of chicken and dumplings, but it has its origins in Southern France because of uh, the French and how they settled in Eastern Canada. And so this chicken frico was a real sort of peasant dish that French people would uh, eat, you know, 200 years ago, and it sort of lasted through the years and made it wow. through as this chicken frico dish. Right. So we've got all of these sort of interconnections across the ocean that I think are really quite fascinating and they shrink the size of the world. You know, we think, especially in North America, okay, we're performing music by composers from Western Europe and, you know, this is a culture that's far from us and it's a very different culture, but it's not so. I mean, there's so many tentacles that sort of reach across back and forth. As I mentioned earlier, you know, who'd have thunk that tomatoes would have come from North America and inspired Italian food to include tomato sauce in the late 19th century? Yeah. And, it seems and, very Italian uh, to me no, when you think of tomato it, sauce, right? 
Exactly. I would never have thought that. Yeah, I, I just assumed that it comes from, from Italy. No. But Robert, it would have been so nice if you did something South African. I know. <laughs> I, <can> just, <laughs> I, I know. A, a babuti dish coming up there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, so this is, um, but you know, this is how we connect the world with through through art. This is what I see. Uh, that is what I see all the time, you know, is how yeah. everywhere, you know, when when you start talking about art and, and you see how people just come together and and work together and interested in each other and interested in different forms of art, because I think yeah. this inspires I, I I believe that every form of art uh, inspires the other, you know, and and this is wonderful what you are doing. It, it was a real, it was a labor of love and a lot of fun to put together and very inspiring for us, for me, for Rob, for the musicians, this idea of how it sort of all um, comes together. And, you know, this is, for us, it's, um, you know, it's the middle of a very cold winter. People like to sort of snuggle in in front of their fireplace. And it's the perfect, these dishes, these stews, this pizza rustica, this hot chocolate, they're all perfect for a cold winter night to sit down, enjoy your, tickle your taste buds and enjoy a performance of the Windsor Symphony Orchestra. And uh, food and eating is also very sociable. So yes. it, yeah. yeah. Um, now, how does this program or, or how does it work? Do you, um, is it the music and then the, the chef explains the, the history or how is it? Uh, so the, the, the nuts and bolts are pretty, are pretty clear. So what happens is um, once you purchase the seven concert series on January 14th, it, you can download all seven to watch through March 31st. So you have two and a half months to make all the dishes and see the concerts. Um, each episode comes with a two to three minute prep video, which is Rob teaching you how to make the dish along with the menu. Then once that's finished and you've made your dish, then you can watch the concert. And in the middle of the concert, Rob usually pops up for a two minute little fact fun fact or fun sort of question that I have for him. But it's actually two videos. So the concert is about an hour in, in, in length. They're, they range around an hour. But the prep video of the food is a separate video that'll be side by side on the website. So it's real easy to click on and find. And then um, you'll be able to watch Rob show you how to make the sort of trickier parts of the recipe. And then you get the recipe to follow. That's wonderful. And it's good that you did it separately so you can make the dish and then maybe sit down and eat while listening to the music. Is that that the was the idea completely, yeah. Petra? The idea was how do we bring these together? Like I can't I can't even tell you the idea of like drinking the hot chocolate or enjoying some stew while you watch this piece being performed that's sort of the same inspiration and connects somehow. I think really sort of brings home this idea that, you know, okay, let me say this. When I was at university, the very first year I was there, I had to take, we all had to take a class called Art in Context because we each came to the school, the art school I went to with our own art form and we didn't understand the others. And what that did automatically 
was it historically put everything in context so that we could understand what was happening in ballet and what was happening in visual arts and in music, uh, you know, in each, in each time frame. I think that really set in my mind this question of how do you put things in context and how do you build these concentric rings so that you not only have more experiences, but each experience that you have goes deeper and you find more value inside of it and more interest inside of it and more questions inside of it. And so that's really what this is about for me is building context and putting it all together. Well, that's, that's great that you do that because it's, I think art, every form of art has the, the same path, you know, yeah. from, from coming from the classics and then uh, building on the basics and then understanding, yeah, understanding, yeah. understanding the, the rest. Yeah. Well, this is great. So, okay. So um, people can now, uh, do they have to subscribe to your newsletter or how do they find this, these, this program? It's even easier than that. You don't have to get our newsletter, although we'd love it if you did. All yeah. you have to do is go to windsorsymphony.com. Uh -huh. And at windsorsymphony.com, under concerts, it'll say um, the, the music, the story, the food, which is what the series is called. Mm -hmm. The music, the story, the food. And you just subscribe. And the minute you subscribe, you'll get a password so that you and your family can enjoy uh, at your household the concerts. Okay. And get I'm so glad you made it a very simple name because if you did it now in French, I wouldn't have been able to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> less is more, Petra. Less is always more. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> okay, I will. I will put the um, the the link anyway in the description Great. and uh, and do that. Yeah. Perfect. Now. I just have to ask you before um, we say goodbye is what is your wish for, for this year? You know, my wish for this year is that um, it's a few things. One, that we, as we get through this, these incredible changes that have happened to all of us over the last two years, that we find a way to live together, experience together, with openness and caring and love and safety and thoughtfulness and a real sense of thinking about others as we go through our day. And I think for me, the biggest life lesson of the last two years, and so I hope for that more than anything, um, I also long for and wish for and can't wait for um, our live audiences to be able to come back and be comfortable with coming back. You know, we've got some audience members who love coming back right away and some who are still nervous about it. But I think the key factor here is really knowing that we care about each other, I think is enormously important and thinking about others before yourself. And so I think that's what the pandemic has taught me. And I think that's what we need to do to get to the next level together. Mm. Now that's absolutely true. And I think also, I mean, just talking to you about this project that you're doing and you said inspired by, you know, the pandemic and, and you think so many things have come from this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree completely. Mm -hmm. But Robert, uh, so lovely to talk to you. And uh, you. I'm, I'm very interested in this. This is such a great project. And I hope there will be another one. And I hope there will be a South African dish in the next one. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll see what I can do, Petra. I'll do my best, I promise. <laughs> Thank you so much for having okay. me. Okay, no, it's a pleasure. Have a lovely afternoon. All right, thanks, you too. Thank you, bye. Bye.